So really what I'm, what I'm going to be talking about is how God um, builds a revival in a nation, how God builds revival in your life, how God builds revival in families. I'm going to be talking about just something more than just perhaps the physical nation, but the spiritual aspect of what God wants to do in the nation. So I've entitled it Anatomy of Revival, and we are going to be spending time in Ezekiel 37, 1 to 10. So Lord, I just pray that as we, as we go about dissecting this word, as we go about hearing from you, Lord God, I pray for every person here that you would open up their hearts to hear what you have to say, Lord God. More than my words, they would hear the Spirit of God speak to them, Lord God. This would be not so much an education, but an encounter. Lord God, I pray that, that they, would, they would experience your presence, Lord God, and they would be transformed by it. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. So Ezekiel is a wild book. Have any of you read that book in the Bible, Ezekiel? Some of you not, and some of you just don't know quite what to say. But Ezekiel is a wild, wild book. He there is no movie that could ever do this justice. These bones coming together, everything coming onto it, rattlings, clanking, you know, the jaw fixing up again, you know, the arms coming in, muscles coming on, skin clothing it. I mean, it's just, oh, my word. And then God breathes into him. So there's all these bones come out and forms this human structure. But there's no life. You know, if it stopped there, then, then that is, you know, the return of the zombies. <laughs> but, she, but God breathes into them and they become this army. I know, I just feel happy. bones and breath bones and breath this is so important for us because i feel like so many christians miss out on what god is doing for this very reason because everyone wants the breath everyone wants a lot you know god everyone wants god arrive at my workplace and smite my boss you know everyone wants a god arrive and just do it you know you know come in and just shake my teenage son by the feet and get him right you know just come in and and you know uh, turn my wife around make her different you know just you know andrew ne andrew never said that but you know everyone wants the breath they want the power of god bam in the place just change it and god promises to do that don't get me wrong but he only does the breath after he's done the bones. And here's the important part, because very often while he's doing the bones, it's when we go weary. That's when we turn our backs and say, oh, God doesn't hurt, it's not true. You know, God isn't gonna do what he says he's gonna do, but God can't speak the breath till the bones are in place. Because you know what, if he's breathed life into bones just lying around, that's crazy. He has, to get, he has to get the structure in yep. place. And what does that mean? It means when God is, fix, is coming to fix your marriage, he's first going to fix some structural problems. He's first going to deal with the late night working hours. He's first going to deal with some attitudes in our hearts. He's first going to move some things around. He's going to change some things. He's gonna, and you know what? It's a bit painful. It's a bit painful. You know, when he's coming to fix your workplace, believe it or not, he doesn't actually start with your boss. I'm so sorry. He starts with you. 
and he gets some bones in place. He gets some structure in place. He starts waking you up early and saying, how about getting to work on time? How about getting your work done excellently? How about asking me for the wisdom to excel? You know, he, he's getting bones in place. Bones and, bones and breath can be said another way. Structure and spirit. When, when he built the temple, the, the ancient temple of Israel, beautiful, magnificent. It says that people would walk by and just see its magnificence and say, the Lord is God. Gold everywhere. I mean, just beautiful beyond your imagination. And it says when he had finally finished it, when Solomon had built it exactly to the specifications that God had given him. Years and years of labor, of just cutting stones. I mean, how romantic is cutting stones and putting them in place? How romantic, you know, is just, just the, the structure, just the hard slog of putting it there. And finally, when it was all in place, it says God's glory entered the temple to the place where the priests could not even stand to minister. Because when he gets the structure in place, he can inhabit it with his glory. But the structure's not the glamorous stuff, you know? That's just the hard slog of getting, of cooperating the Spirit to move things into the right place. Preparation and power. I love what the Bible talks about with Jesus. It says that at one stage when he began his ministry, he came with power. In Luke 4, verse 14, just amazing. But if you read a few verses back, he'd spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. That was the preparation for the demonstration of power that he was going to pour out on the people around him. What does that mean? Is that God gets you ready. And sometimes that's a painful process. Sometimes that means facing temptations and resisting them. Sometimes that means building the character on the inside, the strength on the inside, so that when his power comes, you can handle it. Connection and covering. Some of the way, you know, I just think about those bones coming together. You know, what if the thigh bone said to the hip bone, I don't like you. I don't want to be next to you. I want to be next to the elbow. <laughs> Andrew's saying no bones about it. The bottom line is you still don't get a workable army. That part of God getting you ready, ready for his, the download of his power, his breath to come in and breathe life, is he's going to put you with people. He's going to make connections, some of them lovely and some of them awkward and some of them difficult. But until you get the relational stuff in your life right, there will be no power of God. It means learning to love the unlovely. Because they're loving you and they feel the same. You know what I'm saying? It's like, as difficult as they are, you probably are too. It's putting those connections in place. It's like, 
you know, how many of you are married right here? You know, I mean, marriage is amazing, fantastic. Everyone should do it. But, but my word, does it rub on some places? Does it deal with some stuff? You know, I, sometime back, <laughs> sometimes ba- back in my prayer life, I was, I was, I'll be honest, I was complaining about Andrew. I know you're all saying, how, how can you? Because he's like the perfect guy. Yes, I agree. But I was sitting, I was sitting before God and saying, Lord, that man that you gave me. He just makes jokes all the time. Just as I'm trying to make a serious point, Lord, help me. I was complaining about other stuff, I have to be honest. But I'm not going to tell you what it was. But, so I'm complaining. And, and I feel, and you know, the Spirit of God just, you know how lovely He is and how challenging He is and how He just gets the crux of the matter. He came to me and He said, Carol, this is not Andrew's problem. This is you. I was like, no, Lord. No, Lord. <laughs> no, Lord. <laughs> You see how hard I'm trying and all I have to put up with. And he just said, that's more important that you love, that you learn to love. And you know, in, in part, when God is putting the bones together, you're going to have to say yes to some tough stuff. You know, he's the one who's putting it together. It's not about you just like making your life right, but it's about you cooperating with the spirit who is dealing with stuff in your life, who's removing things, who's challenging you, who's putting new habits in your life, who's he's making things different. I love the story of Joshua taking Jericho. Do you remember that story? I love it. They walk around that, God commands them to walk around that city for six days, saying nothing. Then on the seventh day, they are commanded to walk around the the city and then blow their trumpets and the wall will fall down and shout and the walls will fall down. Have you ever wondered what God was doing? Because you know, God's not just weird for the sake of being weird. I mean, sometimes we wonder, but no, he's not weird for the sake of being weird. He does things for a reason. I mean, the Bible doesn't say this, but for me, I can see this ragtag band of Israelites. You know, they just, you know irritated with one another. They just had 40 years in the desert. You know, they just, you know, hardly a nation. And God says, okay, I want you to walk around that city six days. I mean, what do they have to do? They have to be together for hours on end, just walking in time with each other. And the first time some are dragging their feet and, you know, it's just like, ah, Next day, it's like, okay, let me keep in step with old Jaime over here. Let me, let me walk with Joshua. You know, it's just it's slowly it's coming together. Day five, they, you know, they're just a little bit more together. By the time it's day six, everybody is walking in step. There's the sound of just like one footstep, one footstep, you know, just step after step. And you know what? The ground starts reverberating with the power of their unis, unity. Just the, the unity of their, of their steps is just resounding around that city. Bam, 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 bam. And now it's no longer this ragtag group of Israelites. Now it's people together, doing together in unity what God has called them. Step by step by step by step by step by step. 
If you know anything about physics, but there's something about resonance. When you, when you set up a resonance freq frequency, powerful structures are demolished in instants. And as they walk around and shout, the Bible doesn't say this, but I, I can see God working from taking people from disunity to unity and creating a force, a powerful force that brings down walls, that brings down walls. So God's part is bones and breath. Our parts are part is words and warfare. I, all the alliteration in this sermon is entirely that my husband would love me better. <laughs> words and warfare. Words and warfare. You know, God is going to put those bones together. God is going to breathe the breath, the power of his presence into this army. But what does he require of Ezekiel? He has to prophesy to those bones. He has to tell those bones what God is going to do. Part of how we say yes and amen to the promises of God is we look at that broken marriage. And instead of saying there's no way out of this, we can't make it work, we look at that broken marriage and we say God will make a way. We look at that broke, at the, the, the wayward children and we say, God will bring them home. We look at the degree we're trying to get and we say, God will give me wisdom. We look at, at the impossible situations, the poverty in our nation, and we say, God will redeem every single person. We look at hopeless situations and we declare the word of God. We declare the word of God. Because God's promises are backed by his character, not by our circumstances. I don't care what's going on in your life. Really, I, I, have, I have faced situations that literally there was no way out. I mean, even when I stood and I declared the word of the Lord to those situations, something in my heart was going, you fool, you fool, you fool. I remember standing in Namibia and owing 70,000 rand for two cars that someone had donated to us. Don't ask questions. It's a wild, wild donation case. And if we didn't, if we didn't pay those 70,000 within the hour, it's 11 o'clock. If we don't pay it, pay it by 12 o'clock, we lose the cars. And they are like 200 k's out of Vintuk. I am at home by myself, sleeping children, quietly reposing in their beds, no idea of any troubles, and I have to find 70,000 rand in one hour. You know, I was so tempted to just say, keep the cars. <laughs> and when I stood and started praying and declaring, no, God's promises are true. God will make a way where there is no way. Something in my heart was going, no, no, no. Keep quiet, go back to bed. But you know, there was something else that Jesus in me was saying, no, I'm not going to give up on the promises of God. I'm not going to give up on his favor. I'm not going to give up on what he said. 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. Hi, hi, hi. I hear you need 70,000. I have it for you. Yeah. It's a, it's a complicated situation. I can explain the details to you later. I know some of you are saying, very confused, but nonetheless, the point of the matter is, 
is that there are no impossible situations. We just have to choose who we are going to partner with. Are we partnering with God or are we partnering with our doubts? Are we partnering with God or are we departing, partnering with the despair of the nation? Are we partnering with God or are we depart, are partnering with the negativity around us? And here we say, no, God will make a way. We prophesy to the bones. We prophesy to the bones. You can only speak with authority what you have demonstrated in adversity. So Jesus stands up on one stormy day in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Disciples very, very afraid that they're going to drown. He stands up and speaks to us the storm of all storms and he says, peace be still. How could he do that? Because there was more peace in his heart than there was fury in the storm. And while that storm was raging, his disciples had to wake him up from sleeping in the middle of the boat. Why? Because he was not afraid. The reason he had authority over that storm is because there was more peace in his heart than there was fury in the storm. Part of God doing the bones thing is to make your heart solid in conviction of who he is and what he will do. So that when you stand before the storm, there will be more peace in your heart than there's fury in the storm. And you will have authority to speak to the circumstances around you and command them to obey what God has said. You can only speak with authority what you have demonstrated in adversity. So as we close, God is fixing, fixing the structure of your life so that you can breathe his life into your circumstances. As you accept his promises and speak his truth, you will receive revival in all areas of your life. As you cooperate, as he brings those bones together, as you allow him to speak to those dry places in your heart, and as you stand and echo his voice into your circumstances, life, goodness, blessing, he will come and breathe the power, the, the power you have been asking for continuously, the demonstration of his magnificence will come into that presence, into that place, and the bones will become an army. And of course, an army does some stuff, you know what I'm saying? It's like we ask for the blessings of God, and he comes and he makes us into this giant army, and now he says, be my army. What does that mean? Is we take what we have received and we take it to the world. We demonstrate his life and love to the people around us.